each season sang its myriad demands. Bernard Brocklehurst ignored none of them. His beautiful garden enjoyed constant year-round grooming, diligent care and dedication. Before retirement, gardening had been pushed into the weekends, but the last few years had permitted him to indulge himself fully in his passion. If Bernard's garden was his mistress, then few bows were as patient and attentive, few more familiar with their beloved's idiosyncratic charms, seductive sweeps, curves and cheeky bumps. The 30 by 80 square feet of backyard received lavish attention. Bernard studiously trimmed, scarified, fed and aerated his immaculate lawn, diligently weeded the borders, turned and nourished their soil with decadently rich compost. Plants and flowers were pruned and pampered from delicate offcuts to brilliant blooms. Slugs and winged pests were kept at bay, cuttings harvested and nurtured. Bernard lived for his garden, risked his life for it, he liked to joke occasionally. A medical blood test some years back to rule out a food allergy had identified him as being violently allergic to wasp and bee venom. A single sting could risk plunging him into anaphylactic shock, a fatal physiological reaction that could end not just his gardening days, but his days, full stop. In reality, such an event was extremely unlikely. Even if Bernard were reckless, which he was not, his brand of living dangerously was indulging in a second sherry during the Strictly Come Dancing finals, he took great care to check for wasps and bees when pruning. He wore sturdy gardening gloves, long trousers, and even kept an EpiPen handy, just in case. On this particular balmy afternoon, he was down on his ageing knees planting daffodil bulbs, unhurriedly scooping out pocket-sized craters in the rich soil before thumbing a knotty ball into each. A quick brush of the trowel, followed by two firm pats, and they were covered, ready to erupt like buttery yellow trumpets, rude as ruffians in a few brief months. Bernard had just reached behind him into the paper bag for another bulb when a long shadow fell over him. He would have turned, but was not afforded the opportunity. A hand seized the back of his neck, and with a brisk violence which took him completely by surprise, drove him forward, smashing his face into the dirt. For a few moments, a struggle ensued. He fought, but his assailant had been prepared, and he had not. He tried again to lift his face from the soil, strained a wild eye back. In the periphery of his vision, he glimpsed a gloved hand holding a small jar, empty but for some whizzing and bobbing winged dark spots. The gloved hand gave the jar a vigorous shake, and the grip on his head was exchanged for an equally powerful elbow which swiftly jammed itself behind his neck, immobilising him just as effectively. Bernard tried to scream, but only succeeded in inhaling a mouthful of nutrient-rich soil. He felt something pressed against his neck, followed by a sharp stab. No, not a stab. A sting. Pinned down, unable to move, he felt the sting's cruel chemistry poison his body. His throat began to swell and close. Then his assailant broke away, released him. Bernard rolled over, pulling his face from the dirt, and stared at the brute through rapidly swelling eyes, vainly trying to suck air through the pinhole-sized aperture which only a moment ago had been a perfectly adequate airway. 
the shadowy figure stood over him, ballooning in and out of focus until the darkness, now crowding Bernard's vision, swelled large enough to blot everything out. The shadow stood and watched for a spell, until Bernard's chest rose and fell for the final convulsive time. Then the shadow reached into his jacket pocket and removed a mobile phone. It was scuffed and cheap, purchased along with several others from various car boot sales, SIM card abandoned with a small amount of credit remaining. He thumbed in a number and hit dial.